When you have an album that starts out like this, it can't help but just leave you speechless for a minute. Welcome to our podcast, For the Record. Um, this is the first episode that we've recorded since being welcomed into the BFF FM family. So if you're listening to us Thursdays at 9.30 a.m., welcome. Or if you're visiting us from our website where you can subscribe, it's fortherecordpodcast.com. Either way, we're glad you're here with us. What we just heard there was the opening of the first track and the title track from the new pornographer's sixth album, Brill Bruisers. And this album, I'm so excited about it. We were actually going to review a different album this week, and I texted Adam, and I was like, we have to do The New Pornographers because that's all I'm listening to this week, and it came out on Monday. And it's really great. The New Pornographers is a band that I've loved since I heard Mass Romantic when I was in law school from a classmate there, and that was around 2002, and so it had already been out for a couple years, and then Electric Version came out, which is another really amazing album. And um, a couple years later, I had I was entrenched in my fandom, and then Twin Cinema came out, which is arguably their best album. It's just really fantastic. And then after that, we had another couple albums from them, uh, Challengers and Together, that were a lot less energetic and kind of less full of joy. And part of what was going on there was Carl Newman, who's the main songwriter, was going through some difficult time and he had a death in the family and so did Nico as well. And he had a baby. And so he was kind of like dealing with all these challenges. And he has said in interviews, and I think it's obvious listening to it, that this is kind of a return to form for the new pornographers. And it's just going back to their joyful, energetic tradition, which is the the sound that I love from them. So I, I don't share your history with the band. I mean, I'd had uh, little glimpses uh, and snippets of them in the past. I always thought, oh, they like this, never really sought them out. But this is certainly, the fr- I think this is the first album I've sat down and listened to in its entirety. Definitely a lot of joy here. I mean, certainly you heard that opening is just let's turn on everything let's let's add all the instruments all at once <laughs> nothing's low in the mix everything's right up front and I, i'm always a sucker for that and i think definitely it's not just musically but kind of lyrically definitely it's kind of all over the map it's talking about oh the like we're over the the railing that it's almost like the the crowd is like an ocean and then there's all this nautical themes but also uh, oh, we're in a gang, and oh, there's there's a grenade and a junkyard junkyard science and these sorts of weird throwaway lines that I think kind of end up feeding into other tracks, and in particular that I think the recurring sort of military imagery that we see, here, you know, this grenade's about to explode, and that I think that carries pretty obviously into the next I think Barnburner track and also the first Dan Behar written and fronted track on the album, which is out. Uh, titled War on the East Coast. The rights of spring of a lifetime, the right of a lifetime, the rights of spring of a lifetime.
there's a, there's a lot here I like in this track. It, it's another barn burner, and definitely the overall sort of thematic content. Again, the sort of notion of these apocalyptic imagery, and then just a search for human connection. But I gotta say, as much as I loved the sort of multiple throwing everything at the wall lyrically that we saw on that first track. I think here, one of the weaknesses, if I have one for the album, is that some of the lyrics, I mean, I understand lyrics don't have to be super targeted, don't have to be really literal, but some of them just, I, I find myself cringing a little bit at blondes, brunettes, and paper jets. I actually kind of like that. <laughs> it's just, he keeps repeating it, and and then at some point he says, the king leans over to smell a flower and it's like and that's immediately going into the into the chorus and it just that the king leans over to smell a flower and it just there's something so goofy about that and i can't quite get past it yeah i mean it's funny that on our last episode we talked about bleeding rainbow and i was going into how lyrics are really important to me and i need to be able to get some meaning out of them and I feel like the new pornographer is not just here, but in general, their lyrics are very abstract, but I don't mind it as much. And I think there's kind of a continuum of my one of my favorite bands is the Mountain Goats, where John Darnielle's lyrics are very literal and they tell a story and it's almost like prose. And then further on the continuum, you get my favorite band, which is the Long Winners. And, you know, John Roderick's lyrics tend to be they're somewhat literal, but they're also there are parts that are abstract that you kind of have to listen a few times to understand the meaning. And, you know, in many cases, you can assign your own meaning to what's going on. And then further on the continuum, you get lyrics like this, where they're very abstract, and they're almost like poetry. And it's kind of like, they're not nonsensical, exactly, but they require you to put your own meaning upon them. And I think that they do create a mood and it's not just nonsense. And I can't quite articulate what I like about that, but I think they do it effectively. Like they create a mood, they have these little snippets of words, but another example, and and they kind of carry these themes through and Adam was talking about the war imagery and stuff. And that's carried through into uh, one of the Nico tracks, which is marching orders. So yeah, this this track actually, I think it's not necessarily the flashiest of them, but it really, I think, sticks in my head, which is funny. I think I'm usually not as lyrically focused, but this one really got under my skin. I think there's just from that chorus of, you say, you say we can't make this stuff up, but what else can we make? And then one of the early verses just has, I think, some of the most clever, clever writing and even has and some really good internal rhyme of put the countdown clock away and leave the unfinished parts of the death ray on the lawn and i just you know i kind of subtle up again this sort of the song is very cheerful overall but then just sort of like oh i'm also just happen to be this evil genius 
but maybe I can stop working on that and work on something else. And I think that that is where, again, I think the, the theme that I draw from the album more than anything else is that notion of, you know, if you've been creating, creating a bunch of stuff and you start questioning yourself and it's, it's healthy to do that and try and find new inspiration out there. And, and so this, this song is so joyous and also, yeah, has that cleverness and that's, I think real kind of, it, there's some melancholy in there with that notion of, well, I've been spending all this time on stuff and what else am I supposed to do, but I'll figure it out. And, you know, there's this notion of these marching orders, this sort of inspiration coming from somewhere that, you know, it's not, a, it's not always going to be easy to interpret. And being a creative person is not easy. And maybe that's not, you know, musicians singing about how hard it is to be an artist is, is maybe not the most original, but I think when you're doing it with this sort of cleverness and joyousness then it's it's really just draws me in and that just that chorus really sticks in my head and it's also i is the sixth track on the album and it's right into the coming into the middle and i I would say though that i really found the the first half to be very consistent really solid tracks musically lyrically with a few exceptions and then i think the second half is a lot more experimental there's a lot more variation i think it gets also a lot more repetitive Mm-hmm. in ways that I don't really love. I mean, I, th- I think there's not, a lot of the songs don't have enough to sustain them. I, the song that comes right after this is this uh, drug deal of the heart. And it's just, it's a minute and a half long and there's not enough song for a minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I tend to love everything that AC Newman comes up with. So I am hesitant to say anything should have been edited out. But at 13 tracks, I think they there are a couple that they could have lost. But going back to marching orders and use the word repetitive made me think of we haven't talked about the arpeggiators yet and arpeggiators are all over this album and you could make a case for the fact and by the way if you don't know arpeggiators are the synth tool where it, it goes like do 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 or or down or like you know it, it plays a number of notes like you're playing one note on the keyboard and it plays a number of sequence note notes anyway you could make an argument that there's too much of that i i like the fact that they're kind of all over the album and it holds it together in a little bit of a theme and it makes you know, it makes all of these tracks identifiable. And for example, I think it re- works really well in this track in particular because with the way that the percussion is and the kind of like marching band drums, it could come across as sort of like a, hey, Mickey, you're so fine toward, sort of sound like a little bit too cheerleadery. And the synths and the arpeggiator really break it up and um, make it a lot more interesting. And so I think the arpeggiator is used maybe a little bit too much, but in some areas it's really effective yeah i think the one thing on this track especially is that when it opens you get that serious arpeggiator and then also completely contrasted with like acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and that is such a nice contrast that takes away from that what you said that kind of rah rah yeah and I, I love the combination of the synth and acoustic guitar that is on a lot of these tracks and so another uh, the second track on the album that comes in after the opening bill brill bruisers is champions of red wine which is another nico song where i also feel the arpeggiators are used really well here
so yeah, that track definitely, I think, is it evokes such a great mood. This is, I think, one where it really, that sort of notion of lyrics being just kind of, again, more poetic and just a little snippets to kind of evoke a mood. I, I One of the things I think that just jumps out here is I Am Not Your Love Song, these sort of like concrete statements and this sort of general wash of feeling and mood and this just general kind of, you know, somewhat dissolute. Being a champion of red wine is not something you would necessarily aspire to be, but uh, definitely I think, again, this sort of flow where we have coming well, out of that first track. And then well, goes, and they're not even drinking it. They're just pouring it all over, which is imagery <laughs> that I love. <laughs> yeah, so which is you know maybe healthier, pretty wasteful. But yeah, that we come out of that first track and then come into this track, which is much more kind of less celebratory, a little more melancholy, but still has these moments. And then I think really flows into this next track, Fantasy Fools, that even though it's, I think, a very different song, operates in a very similar fashion. And there's this nice kind of pairwise progression of like, hey, these two, these two tracks make sense together. So let's... It's The thing that really strikes me about that track as well is how like early 80s, late 70s influenced it is. And that's kind of a theme that goes throughout the album. And in an interview, Carl Newman was actually talking about how he was channeling sort of Fleetwood Mac and ELO and Wings. And he had that in mind when he was doing the production. And it's funny because this comes out maybe two or three weeks after that Jenny Lewis album, Voyager, which is super influenced. It has a very 80s production style. Um, I like that album a lot, but it's funny to see how that's sort of coming back into vogue, I think, right now. But it, it does well. He he does well with it on this album. You know, from what I've heard of that Jenny Lewis album, I, I feel like that one is a little more obviously referential, where when I'm listening to it, there's more of a sense of like, oh, I know exactly... This just sounds like something, and, and I feel like here the influences are a little better blended and chopped up to be not quite as obviously any one time period. Uh, and there's certainly stuff that sounds like, oh, some 80s, some 70s, some 90s altogether. It's all kind of nostalgic, but um, definitely I think it's it's a more successful kind of synthesis going Well, yeah, on. it's kind of nostalgic, but in a new way. Like, it recalls things, you know, it recalls past production styles, but it does it in a way that's creative and original. Yeah, and it's and again, it's, it establishes a great mood and all these and, and very different moods across these songs. As, you know, I was talking about this being a pair with Champion, so Red Wine, there's both this sort of sense of kind of just a little bit having a misspent youth, let's say. This one, I just, I love the some of the lyrics in this one as well that has, you know, let the fantasy fool the experts. This notion of like, where we, you know, authority doesn't really apply and we're just going to go for it. And, but at the same time, there's sort of these, you know, again, I talk about with that last one, you know, the last track and then this track having these sort of like repeated things that just kind of burrow in your brain. It's like, you're going to need your body. You're going to need your body. And that being something that's just like, Hey, you just maybe don't, don't, don't go too far with this. And that I just love the mood that's sort of evoked here and coming to that first track of, Hey, let's, let's be rock stars. And this six one, these subsequent tracks being a little bit of that. And, you know, there's certainly some repetitiveness here, not too bad, but 
uh, I think I, probably the last, least repetitive track on the album, and I think that manages to be the least repetitive, even as it's the longest, is the fifth track, Backstairs. shout out here to my friend burrito justice who thought that was maybe his favorite track on this album and i know he's been listening to this a lot too you know it may actually be my favorite as well i think it's definitely well a i'm a sucker for let's just start the track with some vocoder so that yeah that there's vocoder on here there's such a range of the good blend of male and female vocals and i think there's just this song really has such a great kind of arc to it where things build up there's quiet moments. There's really very just electronic wall of sound moments. There's just single voices in isolation and these great just instrumental swoops. Then just there's this buildup where it's just bam, 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 and total silence. And then just that sort of ability to increase and release tension over the course of the song. And as I said, it's the longest song on the album. And in some ways, to me, it feels the shortest. Like, it's just, it's really satisfying. And it does, you know, it does fit into that theme, talking again about like, hey, how do you get started as an artist? And, you know, what does it mean to be an artist? Yeah, and actually one of the lyrics that I really like in here, which is, we realized last night that we were mishearing it. Um, and that kind of goes to like their ambiguous lyrics, but it's, I came and I saw and I ran and I won. And we thought it was, I walked, which doesn't really make sense. But then I think it, it's about his evolution as an artist. And it's like, I ran the race and I won. Like I, I started out singing on the back stairs and like, look how... I have progressed. Yeah, and definitely, I think I talked earlier about the transition from Champions of Red Wine into Fantasy Fools and how those were a nice pair. And I think this is another case where there's a really nice pairing. Uh, and in fact, one of the only places on the album where one song just completely bleeds sonically into the next is from that War on the East Coast just turns into this song. There's no break. There's no pause. And and so I think even though the sound varies a lot over the album, there's sort of these pairwise these pairs of tracks over the course of the album that make it feel, you know, especially cohesive for me. And, you know, you talked about a bit about how there are a lot of elements, a lot of different elements coming together in each of these songs and in this track in particular. And I think that feeds into what I love about the new pornographers as a band is to me, they're kind of a paragon of what a band should be insofar as, 
you know, I've listened to all of their solo stuff. Like the Carl Newman has his AC Newman solo stuff and then his first band Zupano. And then, you know, you have Nico with her solo stuff and she's amazing. And then Dan Behar has Destroyer. And they all, when they're on their own, you can see how they kind of take their own tendencies and draw them. They go down the road that they would individually be following without you know, when they're the ones who are in charge, but then you bring them all together and they all sort of rein each other in and they bring their own distinct styles together and they become more than the sum of their parts. And that's just, you know, what I think makes them so magic. And, you know, I have to say that like of of all the members, and I'm not going to talk about Blaine Thurier and Catherine Calder because they're not that important, <laughs> but uh, they, they actually are getting a little bit more attention on this album or a little more room to run on some of these tracks. But my point is that of the whole group, I think Dan Behar is my least favorite. And he's always, you know, I'm not a Destroyer fan. He's always been a little bit too noodly and self-indulgent for me. And his tracks tend to be my least favorite on the new Pornographers albums. But on this one, I really like his first two tracks, which are War on the East Coast, which we played, and then this other one, which is Born with a Sound. I see death on the vine I want you quite often I want you all of the time I heard a sound In my head And I couldn't get it out Get it out I've been up all night I've been up all day I was born with a sound So in contrast to War on the East Coast, where I lamented some of the inane lyrics, this has one of my favorite lyrics on the album of, I wanted you quite often, in that I wanted you all of the time. And this, I said, Catherine Calder doesn't matter. I believe that's her doing the female vocals on that track. And I think it's, I think she does a great job. And so I was saying that is one of the Dan tracks that I really love. And then with the third track that's his on this album, Spider, he kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Spider. Fox mine saw stars We were playing games, playing guitars I don't know I don't know Spider They want you 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 so yeah that song is just very undisciplined it's kind of noodling around and then just a little sloppy there's that crazy harmonica and i think the interesting thing when i 
listened to this track and it's just this harmonica does not fit it's just slapped on top and it's got like you can hear people talking under it yeah well then the other thing is then i went back and realized oh in war on the east coast there's a harmonica in there too but it it does it feels organically part of the song and it just doesn't here so this is spiders coming kind of near the very end of the album it's the third to the last track and i feel like the, the sequencing is they have all their really great, solid songs up front. And then towards the end, it kind of devolves a little bit into getting a little bit more experimental. There's Spider, and then there's this next track, High Rise, which is kind of maybe hinting at the directions to come. Walking on the roof of the high rise on the moon. You never go. AC Newman's vocal style on that is just so different from the rest of the album. It kind of really took me out. It's like, what is he, what is he trying for here? And it made it a little hard for me to get into the song that, you know, in addition to all of the crazy space sounds that are going on. Yeah. I couldn't quite get on board with this one. Yeah. And so we go from those last two that are really kind of out there and like the space keyboards really throw me off on that one too. But then they wrap it up with this last song, which is my favorite track on the album called You Tell Me Where. And it's just this sentiment of like these, they, I think all of them sing a, at least a little bit on the last track. And you just get the impression that, you know, it's just about their relationship. You know, it's the chorus is you tell me where and I'll be there. And it's just like a, a group of friends getting together and reaffirming their commitment to each other and to making music. And it's just, I found it really touching and a great way to end up the album. Yeah, definitely, because you have this first track that's like, hey, let's let's have a band. We don't know. Let's let's do it. And a lot of wandering in the wilderness and that t- you end in this track where it's they're not just getting started. It's a last call. I'm looking for inspiration in the bottom of the class and I am not finding it there. But no, the inspiration is coming from collaboration, that, that that's going to save you, that, you know, whatever you think you're getting inspiration from some divine entity, you know, it comes from that community you have with other artists. And I think it's a really t- touching and moving way and that's you know thematically and also it just it sounds amazing it's another barn burner and a real strong finish so anyway thanks for listening and uh, we'll go out with that but i don't think he's here to sit to such your name now glad you came out you've proved your poison is more than noise and the choice addictive although restrictive
Yeah.